Hello, my name is Ben Schluter, and welcome to this special Wednesday edition of Goal to Go. Now, I didn't think I'd have to make this, but holy cow, did yesterday have to be stupid. I think if you've read the title, you know where this is going to go. Let us start by talking about this. I refuse to recognize the legitimacy of the College Football Playoff Committee's rankings for the rest of time. I do not care anymore about them. They are meaningless to me. They do not accurately reflect anything. They are stupid. They are poorly thought out. To summarize someone on Reddit College Football, the top comment after the rankings were released, um, imagine being a member of a committee that has worse rankings than NCAA Football 14. I very much agree with them. If you've ever played NCAA 14, you've seen how they can sometimes randomly rank teams. But basically, last night, <clears throat> the College Football Playoff Committee's rankings came up, and I'm pissed off. I'm extremely pissed off. I shouldn't be this pissed off, but I have to be. Because after looking at them, looking at what had happened over the previous week, it makes me realize that this entire thing is a joke, a sham, and should not exist anymore. Abolish the college football playoff. This whole thing is a farce. How in the world do you get to this point? So, in case you didn't hear, um... Let me first start off by reading you the top 25 in order from 25 to 1. I know that seems like it's a lot, but don't worry, it makes a lot of sense. Colorado is 25. I'm just not even going to say what the numbers are, because you will know that Colorado is 25, and we will go all the way up to 1. Colorado, then San Jose State, then Tulsa, NC State, Oklahoma State, Texas, ULL, Miami, BYU, Iowa, UNC, Northwestern, USC... Uh, Coastal Carolina, Indiana, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Georgia, Florida, Iowa State, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Alabama. That's the rankings from 25 to 1. Now, what are my major problems? Oh, I don't know. Why don't we look at Florida? That's where one of my major problems comes in. So Florida loses to LSU. Now, I already talked about that game in pretty long depth, about the stupidity of Florida and all of this, that, and the other thing. So you lost to a team that is terrible by every stretch of the term. You now have two losses. The committee rewards you by only dropping you one spot. I, I said rewards you. How do you only drop one spot? I would understand it if you had played Alabama and lost, and then you dropped only one spot. I get that. Alabama's a really, really good team, and especially a three-point loss. A three-point loss to Alabama? Hey, that's a really, really good loss. I know it's... I don't like the term quality losses, but even then, I would agree that means that you fought very hard and they beat you, so, hey... You did a good job out there. That means you're a very good team. Rankings should, of course, reflect the quality of a team, and thus that loss being called quality really is supposed to reflect on, like, the quality of how well you played against a quality opponent, a very good opponent. So I would understand if, you know, Florida loses 37-34 to 34 to Alabama that week. It's like, hey, we're only going to drop you one spot because that's one of the best teams in the country. And you fought very hard, and you almost won it. But this is not one of the best teams in the country. This is LSU. 
LSU is what, four and five? What did they do the previous week again against Alabama? Give up 45 points in the first quarter? I mean, first half? They gave up 28 in the first quarter, I think. Uh, gave up 464 passing yards to Mississippi State in the first game of the season. Uh, gave up 48 points to Missouri. Um, yeah, hasn't looked good all season. You lost to them. You put up 609 yards of offense and lost. How in the world are you only dropping one spot? I don't even understand how that makes any sense in any universe. You already had a loss to Texas A&M. Texas A&M's loss, I mean, a loss to Texas A&M, yeah, I get you're in the top 10. Because Texas A&M is also a top 10 team. They're a good team. Their only loss is to Alabama, and Alabama is far above the best of the best. Okay, they're the best team in college football this year. And A&M actually put up a fight, and I think put up like 30 points on them. That's really good. That's insane. Yes, they gave up 50 points, but you know, this is Alabama's offense. They're pretty much impossible to stop. So, I get them being in the top 10 for this game. But by this point, you've lost to LSU. You should be out of the top 10. You should not be anywhere near a playoff spot. You should not be anywhere near a playoff spot, but you are. Which means that, I guess, I, I guess a loss doesn't mean anything. Not only this, you have that. You also have the fact that Cincinnati, who was at the number 8 spot, was off this week because of stuff with COVID um, with their opponent. I don't exactly know who their opponent was. I think it was supposed to be Tulsa this week. It's going to be Tulsa next week in the American Championship game. But instead of not doing anything uh, for Cincinnati, Cincinnati drops. Cincinnati drops from the 8 to the 9, and Georgia takes their spot in number 8. Now, yes, Georgia played a top 25 team, and they beat them 49 to 14. I get that. My problem is, Georgia has two losses, and Cincinnati doesn't have any. My other problem is that you didn't penalize any other teams for being idle this week. You didn't penalize Notre Dame and Clemson for being idle this week, nor did you penalize Ohio State, or Texas A&M, or Iowa State. Ohio and Iowa, gosh, those are getting confusing in my head. You didn't punish them. You didn't punish Oklahoma. You didn't punish Indiana. Um, let me see. You didn't punish University of Louisiana at Lafayette. You didn't punish them. You didn't punish Tennessee. You didn't punish NC State, and you didn't punish Tulsa, the team they were supposed to play. In fact, you bumped Tulsa up mainly because Colorado lost and thus had to be bumped down. Colorado still being in the top 25 is baffling to me, but whatever. At least moving Tulsa up makes some sense. But you're penalizing a team who couldn't play. Yeah, you didn't penalize a two-loss team. This is an 8-0 team. In what universe does that make any sense? In what universe, by the way, should Iowa State even be in a conversation for this? Iowa State is the number six team in the college football playoff rankings, despite having two losses, one of which is to ULL, I'm pretty sure. A team you ranked number 19. Um, excuse me? They, so they have two losses. One of the, who's their other loss to? Who's Iowa State's other loss to? Uh, it is to Oklahoma State. Okay, those are two pretty good teams. 
One of them is, at least. But the thing is, why are they this high? Those are two losses, number one, so those should get you out of there. But ULL isn't exactly that big a thing. Why is it that you're randomly not penalizing them? You pushed them up a spot. Yes, they should move because of Florida's loss. That's it? To the number six? So they're barely within grasp of the college football playoff? Really? And with all the stuff going on, how? How is Ohio State in the playoff? They have five games under their belt. That's not a good enough sample size. How can you determine how good of a, a team is when they've only played five games? Five. That's acceptable to you? No. How is it acceptable that both Notre Dame and Clemson got a week off? How are you letting the ACC get away with this? And now, it's time for me to answer this question and why I don't like to acknowledge the legitimacy of it and really where my major problems come in with the college football playoff and why I believe it needs to die. The college football playoff is, in short, a power five circle jerk. There's really no two ways about it. That's what it is. It does not exist to fairly rate the teams in college football. It does not exist to try and determine a real national champion. Because if it did that, it would actually rank the teams well. If it did that, it wouldn't put Clemson, a 9-1 team, so dang high when their loss came to Notre Dame. Um, into, I'm sorry, not Clemson. Why am I thinking of Clemson? Clemson being ranked number three actually makes some sense. Let's look at uh, Ohio State being ranked so high. How do you know they're that good? They've only played five games. Only one of them was against a ranked team, I think. Uh, yeah, let's look at their schedule again. Okay, they beat a ranked, and I'm putting ranked in quotation marks, Penn State. Penn State's three and five. You want to tell me they're a good team? Okay, they beat Indiana. Indiana's a good team. I'll give you that. Didn't their QB get injured in that game? No, he didn't. Okay, that's actually a pretty good win. That's a pretty good win. I'll give you that one. But the five games that they've won haven't exactly been world beaters. They haven't exactly played world beaters. The only team that's even been remotely good is Indiana. So that's good enough for you to put them in the four spot? Really? How is Iowa State the six with those two losses? How is Florida number seven after losing to an incompetent LSU team that did not know how to do offense until randomly this game happened? where they lost to a team that gave up 609 yards of total offense, that gave up 42 yards of offense in 13 seconds before the game ended. How is that not enough for you to punish them down? How is an 8-0 Cincinnati team that goes on a break because their opponent can't play, or they can't play because of COVID, how is that something that pushes them down? when I've seen enough other teams that are in this ranking who've had similar issues before not get punished. Like, let me think, Florida, who literally had to move this game that they just lost because of COVID issues they had. Now, granted, the CFP rankings hadn't come out yet. So it was only the AP rankings. So I don't exactly know what happened there. The CFP rankings, would they have punished them? Probably not. Because the CFP does not care. The CFP is bullshit. I think that that, 
Like, I honestly, if I would have cared more about college football and I'd have looked at it at the time, I'd have been, like, able to look at it and say, yeah, that doesn't look right. Because, let me ask you, does it make any sense for the teams who are ranking the teams to have any direct tie-in to the teams being ranked? I get the coaches poll exists, but it's not like the coaches are actually making it. They just get an assistant to do that. We all know that. Do you really think that the coaches, I mean, that these athletic directors should be making these decisions? Do you really think that the, and they're all Power 5, by the way. You got like three of them there from the same conference, from the Pac-12. How the heck are you going to fairly rate these teams? You cannot fairly rate these teams when, at certain times, you're not even in the room when they're discussing one of them. You have to be present and know all these things. How is that in any way a reasonable... How is that reasonable? This whole scenario only exists to try and screw over the group of five. It's... I'm not even going to say group of five. The group of five, as a name, first of all, is such a... It's icky to me. Because you have this power five. Power, it means strong and aggressive. And then you have the group of five. Oh, they're the group. They're just a group of five conferences. They exist, and we allow them as we are the benevolent overlords of the college football. We allow them to get to play one of our power teams in a big-time game. We allow them to do that because we're nice. Now, you know what they were called back in the BCS era? They were just easy about it. You had your AQ conference and your non-AQ conference. AQ meant automatically qualified. They didn't fuck around with the whole idea of the, oh, there's a chance you can make it. No, they didn't do that. They made 100% sure that you knew that, no, you're not getting into this thing. You're not an automatic qualifier. And guess what? That was considered fine. That's less insulting because you're telling them right out front, you've got no chance at this. Do your best. Maybe you'll be able to do something incredible. And they did. Of course, that wasn't always the case. You can look at 1998, the first year of the BCS, when Tulane tried their damnedest but couldn't do it, got to the 15th spot with an undefeated record and missed out on the BCS because the BCS was a top th uh, six only. And then the BCS eventually realized, wait a minute, we should probably change this because there are some teams that aren't in these AQ conferences that are kicking ass. We really need to recognize them because they might actually beat us. They might actually beat our teams. And then you know what happened? They beat their teams most of the time. I think most of the time. Now granted, one year, they made an entire non-AQ bowl where I think it was like TCU versus Boise State and they both weren't in the same conference or something. Uh, it was a Fiesta Bowl some year. I'm not exactly trying to look it up right now because I got my own whole this thing to talk about. But they didn't fuck around with that. And you know what else the BCS did? They changed up their system several different times when they realized, oh crap, we're screwing this up. There was the whole Kansas State dilemma. I think that was in 1998. I might be wrong about that. But basically it used to be only one team per conference can make a BCS Bowl. Even though Kansas State was the best team in the conference, I think they lost the title game to an, a, another team, and that team either made it, or they, I don't know if the, I think they may have lost the title game, and then the winner went on to the national championship, and the national championship at the time was a BCS Bowl. 
Eventually, the BCS changed up that rule and made the BCS Championship a separate bowl, which in my opinion should have been true from the start. And how you didn't think of that in the first place is beyond me. Like, you, you couldn't just have a national championship game separate from everything else? Would that have been difficult? But of course, I get bowl tie-ins, this, that, and the other thing. They wanted to try and appease the Rose Bowl, of course. But they changed it up. And they changed it up several different times. And they made sure it tried to work. In my opinion, the BCS wasn't the worst thing ever. I think people overreact if you look at the BCS. It's like, and maybe this is like, you know, nostalgia goggles or hindsight bias. But the college football playoff was never, 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 never going to replace the BCS in terms of being a good selector. It's a terrible selector. You cannot have just people saying, oh, this and oh, that. The eye test does not work. You cannot eye test certain teams. This year is the ultimate example of you cannot eye test a team. They're only playing conference opponents. Okay, so now what are you going to rule as what a good and what a bad conference opponent is? Let's take a look at Ohio State. They've only played five games. How are they passing any sort of eye test when they have zero sample size? Their sample size of two ranked teams includes a three and five team. Yes, Indiana's actually pretty good. That's one great, that's a good one, okay? That's actually a good uh, measure of whether this team's quality. But it's not a good measure of whether this team is quality if you only have one game. You know what the scientific burden of proof is? It's always said to be three. You need to have at least three games in your sample size to determine whether or not a team is worthy of being in there. For Florida, they've had their three games. They had Georgia, they had Texas A&M, and now, for random reasons, it's LSU. LSU should never have been that lit- a part of that litmus test. But they lost to them. Or they played, they lost to him. So now you have to in, you have to add that in there. And now you have to use that game, those three games at least, along with the rest of them. But those three games are major to determine whether or not this team belongs in the playoff or not. That's stupid, hard, and dumb. And of course, these are Power 5 commissioners, so they're never going to really try and leave out one of their own. The, the fantasy that was given when the college football playoff started was that this would allow us to crown a real national champion. That anyone could get in. And we should have known from the start that was a fantasy. And I think probably a lot of people knew from the start that was a load of crap. When you make it so that there are a list of 65 teams that basically have an automatic shot at the playoff, and even then it's not 65. I I gotta stop right there. It's not 65. We saw that last year. It's Blue Bloods only. Because remember when Baylor was undefeated, and Min- I'm sorry, Minnesota was undefeated, and like was getting no respect, and was ranked pretty low in the initial college football playoff rankings? And yes, eventually they got that loss. They beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl. They were a good team. They were the lowest ranked undefeated team in the history of the playoff, including group of five teams, I think. Or no, not including group of five teams. You had them, you had Baylor too, who was undefeated. And they were both outside the top 10. With, I think, Minnesota being in the top, not even in the top 15. I think they were 18th or something. How in the world does that make any sense? Huh? Were they not passing the eye test then? They had a lot more games. Oh, what? They were against lower quality opponents? Well, you've clearly never cared about that before. Really? You put in Ohio State when they had lost to Penn State that year. When they didn't even win their own division. 
what, I get that Penn State wasn't that good and they shouldn't have been in the playoff, but neither should Ohio State. Ohio State never should have been represented in the playoff that year. They weren't good enough. Who would you put in instead? I don't know. I don't remember that year very well. All I remember was that Ohio State was not good enough to make the playoff, and we saw that when Clemson blanked them 31-0. There was no reason for that to happen except for CFP circle jerk. Now then, why did this whole thing happen? I blame 2011. I blame 2011, and I think that that was the catalyst for putting into place the stupidest system in the history of football. I honestly think the college football playoff is the worst determiner ever invented. You think the BCS was bad? Oh, the college football playoff blows the BCS out of the water. The BCS's main problem was that it was only two teams in the national title game. It should have been four. They should have recognized that pretty early on. I think 2003, they probably could have recognized that they needed a four-team playoff. At least. Because in 2003, the AP national champion did not make the BCS title game. By that point, you should have recognized, oh crap, we need to expand this thing. And it wouldn't have been that difficult, because you know what you did in 2006? You included a new bowl game called the National Title Game. All you had to do was figure out a system like what the college football playoff did. The only thing I will give college football playoff credit for was figuring out how to make it so that you could do a four-team playoff and make it work in terms of the logistics of the bowl games. They figured that out on an incredible level. <clears throat> in a way where I'm actually surprised they did it. They did a really good job when it came to coordinating, okay, which bowl games do we want to make as our semifinals? Um, how are we going to make it so that we know which teams to put where? Are we going to have it automatically be uh, one versus four in a certain bowl and two versus three in the other? Or are we going to change that up based on the logistics of it? They figured all that out. I'll give them credit. They knew exactly what they were doing there. The BCS could have done it, and they could have done it a decade prior, and they could have done it 10 times better. Here's my thing. In, why do I say 2011 was the catalyst for the destruction of the BCS? That was the year LSU and Alabama played in the national title game. That was the year where, for the first time ever, you had a team that didn't even win their conference play in a title game. And that was a problem for a lot of people. Because the whole point of the BCS we thought, was to put in the best of the best, and the best teams win their conferences, right? The computer formulas included that. And so it was thought that this scenario could never happen. It was this foregone conclusion you would always see two conference champions in the same bowl game, in the same title game, excuse me. You wouldn't see two teams from the same conference, let alone the same division, in the title game. You wouldn't see a rematch unless randomly those two teams had played in the regular season. But no, it happened. And what happened was one of the worst, if not, no, probably, no, not even probably, the worst BCS title game. A 21-0 blanking in which LSU didn't even cross the 50-yard line. You got one of the worst football games of all time. Okay, not one of the worst football games, but in terms of, like, that large a scale, yeah. And that really caused people to be like, okay, this system is broken. Now, in my opinion, the system wasn't necessarily broken. Because if you look at 2011, try and tell me the top two teams in the country weren't LSU and Alabama, based on everything that happened that year. You, couldn't, you could not tell me that those two teams were not the top two, and they did not deserve to play each other. They were the two best teams. They'd shown it. You watched the 9-6 um, to six game. 
That game was a travesty in terms of offense. Neither team knew what they were doing. And Alabama should have won that game, but their kicker could not hit anything. He left nine points out on the field on his own, and his covered and his blocking team didn't help him either because they allowed for a field goal block. Never blame the kicker for a field goal block. His job is just to get the ball up. Their job is to make sure that nothing else happens to it. That is my opinion on that. Moving on. So, you had that game. That should have been, like, the harbinger. In fact, like, I've read a lot about it because I don't exactly remember it. And a lot of LSU fans were really pissed off after Iowa State beat Oklahoma State. They were actively pulling for Oklahoma State in that game. Because if Oklahoma State wins that game, we're playing Oklahoma State in the national championship game. We're taking it home. Because I think everybody knew LSU was going to win the SEC championship. That was a foregone conclusion by that point. Uh, Because they were the best team in the country. Uh, Then they were going to go to the BCS title game. And if they were to play a team like Oklahoma State, they were going to wipe the floor with them. Oklahoma State did not have a defense that could stop. It didn't matter if they had a defense or not. Their offense wasn't good enough. Because we had, like, the best defense. I know they had Justin Blackman, and he kind of sort of broke everything. Why did he have to have the drinking problem? This guy would be a... I seriously think that Justin Blackman would be a superstar, if not for his own demons. And it saddens me to this day that that's what happened to him. But I don't think Oklahoma State could have beaten LSU. I think most people would have said that. I think that game would have ended really badly. But it would have been more entertaining than the 21-0 snooze fest we got. And... It would have pitted two conference champions against each other, which is what the BCS was about. So what should have happened? First of all, what? because I think I've made my point clear about how much I hate the college football playoff. How I hate the fact that the selection committee is stupid. I don't like the idea of a selection committee making all these decisions. They have too many biases. Um, They don't exactly know what they're doing. How can you give an eye test? The eye test is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. How do you give an eye test to a football team? This is college football. They don't play everybody. And the sample size is really small. It's like 12 games. In college basketball, yeah, you can get an a, you can't even get an eye test in any sport. But in college basketball, the sample size is a bit larger. It's 30 games-ish, 30-40 games in a season. There are there are a lot fewer things that can be just given to luck in a college basketball season. It's a lot It's a lot harder to determine that, oh, this thing happened because of luck, or this and that. If you lose nine games, you lost nine games for a reason. In a college football season, you shrink that down to like one or two losses. How do you know where those one or two losses came from? How do you know this and how do you know that? That's what annoys me about these things, because you know that Florida lost... They didn't penalize them. So what's the point? What's the point of even playing the games then? Florida played in a game right before the SEC championship and got screwed out of the playoffs because they had to play in it. But the ACC made an executive decision to protect their playoff chances by making it so that Notre Dame and Clemson didn't have to play. You basically have said at this point that the college football playoff doesn't matter. That playing the games doesn't matter. That you don't need to play the games. That we basically have this idea of who's going to be the national championship teams already. That's what they're saying. There's no reason to play these games anymore. There is no reason that this should even be happening. This is a complete and utter farce. 
And I know this season's been a mess of in and of itself. But this kind of crap is unacceptable. Looking at this, it makes me furious that we allowed this to happen. That anyone allowed this to happen. The only reason this is happening, by the way, is because of money. We all know it's because of money. It makes them so much money. Have you seen how much money those contracts are? They're billions of dollars. It's just about the money. It's not about the actual sport. It's not about actually trying to make something good. Because if they wanted to make something good, they'd have done it by now. Do you know how they could have made something good? They could have taken away the overreaction from that BCS title game. And they could have said, okay, we need a 14 playoff. Instead of reformatting the entire system to remove the computers and to just say no to this, just expand it to four teams and do nothing else. I know that sounds crazy. Because a lot of people say, but the BCS was the worst thing ever, and thank God for the college football play. No, you don't understand how good the BCS was. You don't understand. The BCS was fair. I urge you to take a look at some of their rankings, because they were insane when it came to it. Insane in terms of, wait, that actually happened? Like, I'm just going to give you a random-ass season. Um, I'm going to use 2003. Because 2003 is one of the most controversial years where they did not ever... Where USC didn't make the national championship. Alrighty? Let's look at the first BCS standings. The first BCS standings was only 15 teams. Northern Illinois was 7-0. And they were number 10 in the first rankings. Northern Illinois. Okay, that was week 8. Actually, I do want to do this. Let's check... Let's check this out, because I'm trying to remember what year was Row the Boat, when Western Michigan ended up being the uh, Group of Five team to make it. It was... I think it was 2016 when Western Michigan made it. And let's look at that. Western Michigan ended the season with the number 15 ranking. Western Michigan was 8-0 in week 9. That was the first rankings. So week 9, those rankings came out on November 1st. Let's actually look at... Oh, okay, Northern Illinois lost the very next week. You know what? Never mind that one. Let's try 2004's rankings. Let's see if we can find something else where there was a good thing. Um, huh, there's one actually. Utah was a Mountain West team. Utah was a Mountain West team in 2004. They were 6-0. Uh, granted, I'm looking at their wins, and they had a decent win. They came into the season already ranked, so I guess people already thought they were going to be uh, pretty good. And if we get to November 1st, Utah was ranked number 6 in those BCS rankings. Utah was the sixth ranked team. They were in a non-AQ conference. If you look at that, that puts them just outside the BCS. Just outside of it. The next week, though they won, Texas somehow jumped them, uh, and they went to number seven. Western Michigan had to climb all the way to number 15. Utah started as the number seven team 
in the BCS rankings. Because the BCS rankings took into account the fact that, okay, well, they can only play who's on their schedule. They're winning those games. They're winning them pretty convincingly. Not only are they winning them convincingly, they're winning them consistently. So it isn't like sometimes they're playing like this or sometimes they're playing like that. They're winning those games. And granted, margin of victory was actually taken out of the BCS system after Washington State, for example, started to run up scores on teams like Idaho. They had to take that out of there. And in my opinion, that makes sense. But even then, the BCS knew how to rank teams because it would take into account the fact that there were human polls. It would take those human errors and it would offset them with computers who only look at data. Because you cannot get, and here's my thing about why the BCS was great, you cannot get a perfect rating system. There is no such way to rate college football teams that is perfect. But there is a way to make the rating system um, more balanced. To balance the rating system where you have an offset. There's the human factor, which can actually look at teams and see if they're actually good. Because yes, though I don't believe in the eye test, you can still look at a team and say, well, they won that game, but they won that game because of this, that, and the other thing that a computer doesn't know. Because a computer can't tell every single way a team's going to win a game. They're only looking at points of data. But in that same way, a human can't always see what points of data can tell you. And so when you offset those two things, you get an aggregate rating that tends to be better than, oh, I don't know, just one. That's what makes it better. It's that there's the removal of that total human factor. It is instead got a counterweight to it. And it's trying to make the fair rankings. There is no real good way to rank college football teams. There isn't even necessarily a fair way, but there is a fairer way than just by using polls created by writers who don't have a chance to see all of the games. And that's what the BCS did its best to do. And it succeeded at that, in my opinion. There were those times where it was like, yeah, they probably got it wrong, where USC probably should have been in. Uh, especially because Oklahoma should not have been in the title game after getting... Oh, what was the final score of that game again? What was the final score of that game that they lost? 35-7. to They lost the Big 12 championship 35-7 to to Kansas State. That should not have allowed them to be in the championship game. USC was a better team than Oklahoma, and then it should have been LSU versus USC for the national title game. But everyone makes mistakes. There's a difference between those kinds of mistakes where, okay, maybe this team shouldn't have been in, maybe not, than this team, who is undefeated and who did not play, moves down a spot, while a team who lost to a bad team, a very bad team, by the way, that I think any computer would have told you that was a bad loss, honestly. I think the BCS computers could have told you, hey, you put up 609 yards of total offense and lost, that's not going to give you any sort of chance. You shouldn't have a chance at the playoff at that rate. You should be shunted into the bottom. Like, you should be shunted to, like, 10th or 11th. In Cincinnati, even though you didn't play, you should still be given something. Like, oh, I don't know, not losing your spot. Or maybe moving up a spot to number 7. But no! The BCS was heavily flawed, but the CFP is a joke. 
Here's what here's what should have happened. They should have expanded the BCS to 14. Um, and I think they probably would have solved most of their problems. I'm not even kidding you. That probably would have given a lot of people like, oh, well, this is pretty good. I guess we don't have to worry about anything. I think that would have solved many issues because you had those years where things were weird and didn't exactly line up right. It probably couldn't have happened. Let's take a look at, um, here's 2003. 2003, if there was a four-team playoff, if we go with the final BCS rankings, Oklahoma, LSU, USC, Michigan. First of all, those rankings are stupid. Because Oklahoma's number one and LSU was number two. What would have happened is that Oklahoma would have beaten up on Michigan, then LSU and USC would have played each other in two versus three. Okay, but even then that would have been acceptable. Well, look at 2011. The uh, infamous year where LSU and Alabama played each other. In the BCS poll, what would have happened is that LSU would have played Stanford in the first game, and then Alabama would have played Oklahoma State. So it probably would have gotten you to LSU-Alabama in the end. But there was a good, there was a likelihood that maybe Oklahoma State or Stanford wins. You could have had that. The first year of the playoff, for some reason, people thought that was fine. For some reason, people said, oh, look at this. The number one team didn't win. And the number two didn't win. We got a three versus four. This system isn't broken. Except it was. The system was broken. The system was broken from the start, and we didn't know it. Because Ohio State never should have been there in the first place. Ohio State never should have been there. They clawed their way back. Oh. But we all know that Ohio State wasn't really the best team to be in there. I mean, let's look at the rankings before the final rankings. Ohio State is the number five team. Alabama and Oregon are the top two teams. TCU is number three. Florida State, number four. Florida State wins their conference title game. TCU wins their conference title game. Ohio State wins their conference title game. And for some inexplicable reason, they move up Florida State into the three. They move up Ohio State into the four. For some reason, Baylor is moved to the five. And TCU, TCU moves to the six. Now, during this time, oh, I see how that happened. I see. Because Baylor won the Big 12, and they didn't want to give any playoff spot to a team that, had won, that hadn't won their conference. They wanted to pretend that this had worked. But the thing was, there was no conference championship game to determine who was a better team. Isn't that interesting? Why was that put into place, by the way? Because the Big 12 kept getting screwed out of the BCS title game. Because the BCS title was only two teams. Say there were four teams instead, they may have wanted to have it. 
just I'm trying to wrap my head around like where do you reform it and I know the one place you start is you remove the college football playoff this whole idea by the way of expanding the college football playoff to eight teams and giving the group of five just one little spot is in my opinion just as insulting as saying they have a chance no one spot really an AQ for the best one how are you going to determine that you have to realize that what are they going to do rankings-wise? You're then going to have to put a team in there that isn't technically in the top eight, necessarily. So how does that make you think about it? How does that make you think about ratings? No. It's just this insulting mess. What is the point? There's only been one non-power team to win a big-time national, I mean, to win a national championship, and that was BYU. Ever since BYU won the national title in 1984, there's been this odd conspiracy, in my book, between the power conferences to make sure that never happened again by creating a system that is designed to devalue them. They were already devalued. They weren't considered worthy champions at the time, but they were undefeated, and they were untied. They'd beaten their opponents. And, oh, I know the WAC wasn't that good, and their bowl opponent wasn't that good, and they really hadn't played anybody. But they were undefeated, and the poll voters liked that. They may not have been considered quality wins, but the poll voters saw something different. They saw an undefeated team. They saw a consistent team. They saw a team worthy of a championship there. And in my opinion, I agree with them. Why not? Why was... UCF shat on so much. Just, I'm trying to find a consistent thread here, honestly, of like, how do I even talk about this? Of just disestablishing it, because it's like, you know, there's a lot of tangents you can really go on, and I know this is a bit all over the place, but like, like, let's take UCF when they were undefeated in that year they claimed their national championship. Is it their fault that they didn't have such a great schedule? It is not their fault. It is, in fact, Mother Nature's fault. Because their game against Georgia Tech was canceled due to a hurricane. They had to play FCS Austin P. Austin P. by the way, got penalized too. They weren't allowed in the FCS playoff. They had the best season they had ever had. And they were uh, not considered as an at-large selection. Part of the reasoning behind that was that they played an extra FBS team even though they played the extra FBS team because they needed, uh, because UCF needed another team because Hurricane, they came in and helped out for Hurricane Relief, almost. I don't know how you can penalize someone for Hurricane Relief. But UCF was penalized, apparently, for not playing Georgia Tech. It's not their fault they couldn't play them. You're going to penalize these teams for not playing Power 5 opponents, and it's like, how about penalize the Power 5 for not scheduling them? You penalize Power 5 teams if they lose to these non-AQ teams, as I'm going to call them, because Group of 5 is an insult to me. So, non-AQ, let's, let's just call them that. The AQ and the non-AQ, let's go back to that. You're going to penalize these AQ teams for losing to non-AQ teams. And even then, you're not always going to be consistent with that. Because, look at Iowa State this year, who lost to ULL. Oh, but they, they're the number six team now. 
They're the number six team. Really? How? They have two losses. What are they doing even close to a national championship? I don't know. What about Florida? Florida also has two losses. And they're the number seven team. What if, hypothetically, they beat Alabama? What if that happens? That's a possibility. A reminder, there is a championship game, and it is being played on a football field. And if LSU can beat Florida, perhaps maybe Florida can beat Alabama. I don't see it happening. I think it's out of the realms of realistic possibility, but it could happen. What happens then? How does that make any sense? Just none of it makes any sense. It's so stupid. I can't I can't think through it because I just get so angry when I see it. You cannot call this a good system. It is a broken system. If I have to give a TLDR, sorry this has been so long. I just there's so many inconsistent threads with it. I'd say abolish the CFP. Abolish the committee. The committee is so shrouded in secrecy and stupidity. It's not even... It's not good for the sport. It's got too many conflicts of interest. If you can't even be in there when they're discussing your own team, that means you cannot accurately grade any other team. Um, so you should not be selecting. How come you're the only ones that get to do this? And you have a direct connection to it. That doesn't make any sense. Why do you penalize teams, some teams, for not playing, and you give a boost to others? Why is it that it doesn't matter whether you win or lose? When I remember one of the things about the playoff was that it was supposed to mean that every game matters now. Wasn't that one of the selling points of it? Every game matters. Because everyone's looking at them. They're not. Because if they were looking at every game, Iowa State wouldn't be in the top 10. Um, you know what? Let's go back. Let's go back to this. Um, because let's look at 2014. Um, what week are we in? Technically, this is week 16, but how many rankings have we gotten? This is the fourth ranking. So let's look at the fourth ranking from the College Football Playoff Committee. One... Two, three. This is the fourth ranking from the College Football Playoff Committee. And the top-ranked two-loss team, they were number, number eight. Ole Miss was ranked number eight. The second one for two-loss teams, they were number nine. Eight and nine. So while they were top ten teams, it's... So, No. No, 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 no. They're 8-9. and nine. They're all but out of the playoff picture by this point. Um, heck, what about the next year? What about 2015? What about the fourth ranking from the playoff committee then? A two-loss team is ranked number 9. And then number 10. 9 and 10. Not 6 and 7, but 9 and 10. 2016. In the fourth ranking, a two-loss team comes in at number six and number seven. So there is actually precedent for this. However, it should be noted that the other teams 
ahead of them were 11 and 0, 10 and 1, 10 and 1, 10 and 1, and 10 and 1. So basically, there was no chance for there to be anybody better. You want to know how long it takes until you find another one lost team? It takes until the 19th spot when you find Boise State, who's a non AQ team. Um, meanwhile, in 2015, how long does it take until you find a one-loss team? Well, the first one-loss team, actually, the first one-loss team is number two, but that's not important. The teams ahead of them were 11-0, 10-1, 10-1, 11-0, 10-1, 10-1, 9-1, 10-1, 9-1, Okay, okay. So 6-7 and seven has precedent, but that was also in 2016. What about 2017? What about it? In the fourth playoff rankings, a two-loss team comes in at number six, and then number eight. But a reminder that in 2017, there were... um. Okay, this is stupid. Okay, this is stupid. This was the year that Alabama made the playoff despite not winning their own division. Again. Yeah. So, let's just not talk about that one. What about 2018? Huh? 2018. Fourth ranking. How long does it take for a two-loss team? Number seven. When's the next one? Okay, this is some ridiculous level of stupidity. Because a two-loss team, two-loss LSU, number seven. Three-loss Florida, number 11. Three-loss Penn State, number 12. Two-loss West Virginia, number 13. How are there three-loss teams ahead of a two-loss team? Oh, wait! It's West Virginia, not Blue Bloods like Florida and Penn State. Do you see the problem here? Yeah, here's the problem, and we'll go to, and then we'll go to last season. We'll go to last season, okay? Last season, in the fourth college football playoff rankings, it took until number 10 for there to be a two-loss team in the ranking. By the way, actually, I'm going to look this up. Minnesota was undefeated, ranked number 17. Baylor was undefeated, ranked number 12. Tell me in what universe that makes any sense. They're Power 5 teams. They're undefeated. Why aren't they ranked higher? I mean, I get it. They're not the big boys of their conferences. But Baylor was 8-0 and ranked below Oklahoma, who was 7-1. Tell me on what planet that makes sense. When they hadn't played each other yet? It's because of that stupid eye test thing. Do you see all of this? Do you see all of how this is supposed to make sense to me? Because I don't. It's frustrating. It's annoying when I look at all of this. And I cannot keep on a consistent thread. Even though I've been talking for nearly an hour. And I'm sorry if you've listened through to this. And just have been so confused and bored the whole time. Because it's like, what the hell is he going on about? Why is he doing this and why is he doing that? Because it makes no sense. And I'm trying to make sense of all of it. And I can't. I cannot make sense of the college football playoff. And that's why it needs to be abolished. Because you could make sense of the BCS. It's like, oh, okay. So sometimes this will happen randomly. And sometimes... It's just, just, just so stupid. The BCS was complicated. Yes. The BCS used computers and humans. And that was weird. Yes. The BCS sometimes gave you weird results. And sometimes didn't put teams in the right spots, or at least that's what other people thought. Maybe. But if the BCS had been expanded to four teams, I don't think we'd be complaining about it as much. 
Because, you know, it wouldn't be as dumb. The first year of the college football playoff was 2014. You want to know what a four-team playoff would have looked like in the last year of the uh, BCS? It would have looked like Florida State, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan State. I have problems with this. But, of course, those problems come into play because Auburn and Alabama were pretty good that year, and they would have had to play each other again. But then again, Alabama was a very good team in 2013. They were the third best team, I'd almost say. There's, I got no problems with that. I know it seems weird for me to say, I have no problems with them putting in a non-conference champion over a conference champion. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying you put in a better team over a worse team. Alabama was better than Stanford. Stanford was the next uh, conference champion. They were 11-2. Baylor was 11-1. What were they not doing in there? What was Baylor doing below Stanford? Oh, wait. Wasn't this really good 2013 Stanford team? I'm trying to remember who was on it. Either way, I think maybe one of the problems was Baylor got penalized because they never played a conference championship game. Makes sense to me. Why not have conference championship games? Incentivize them. That's what the college football playoff was supposed to do. Instead, it's done more damage to the sport than I ever thought it could have. So this is... I'm going to wrap this up right here. And uh, let me see if I can actually come to a cohesive point and a coherent point. The college football playoff has done more damage to college football than I think any other thing in the history of college football. It wasn't a scandal that brought anything down. It wasn't something that showed that administrations don't care. Because we already know that. That's college sports. In terms of the actual point of college football, when it comes to crowning a national champion, we've now gotten to this point where it's acceptable, and it's probably, and it's not acceptable, a lot of people don't like it, probably including people at ESPN who looked at it and were complaining about the fact that Cincinnati got bumped. Like I heard, I think Chris Fowler was talking about it, or uh, Reese Davis, whoever it is, they have very similar faces and very similar voices. And they were saying like, wait, but Cincinnati was off and they got docked while Florida lost and they didn't really get punished which is a fair point. How does this system make sense then? How can you make a system where some teams get punished for losing or for not even playing, while other teams don't, even when their losses are inherently worse than not having played at all? Where it's now okay for conferences to schedule their seasons so that their conference champion gets in and a second-place team. Just because of stupid reasons. How is that okay with anybody? How is that acceptable? How can this system be allowed to stand? You're making it so that there is no point for a ton of college football teams. Do you know how many college football teams there are? There's 138, 65 of whom are determined to be the Power Five. So that's 73 teams that aren't? Huh. That's more. And even then, you don't even care about all of the Power Five. Because 
you didn't care when Minnesota was undefeated. Oh, but when Ohio State's undefeated, that's incredible. Even if they have one loss, that's insane. Minnesota, eh, they're nobodies. Mississippi State being given the number one ranking in the first ever college football playoff committee rankings. That'll never happen again. Mississippi State was undefeated, and they hadn't played Alabama yet, and Alabama was undefeated, and eh, they'd be lower. Because they're Mississippi State. Then again, maybe they're an SEC team and they'll get the bias. Because there is SEC bias. I believe in that. Trust me, I, I don't think it's a conspiracy to say that there is SEC bias. There is SEC bias. But it doesn't always exist. Like, okay. This Florida thing happening, that's SEC bias. That's SEC bias. But not penalizing, say, I don't know. Yeah, actually, no. I'm trying to think of a good example of SEC bias. Because, like, last year when LSU was doing it, no, they were just a really good football team. Like, you could not make the argument Ohio State was better, really, than LSU. Uh, just based on some of their games they had played, where they were way closer than they needed to be. Whereas LSU never was in a situation to give the game away uh, with their defense. Like, never once in, I think, the fourth quarter did a team have a one-possession uh, deficit against LSU. Never once did a team have the ball with a one-possession deficit. We had the ball with a one-possession advantage, but they never had it with a one-possession deficit. That's dominance. There's no bias there. You just know that's good. Yeah. Um. So abolish the CFP, get a ranking system that allows for the non-AQ teams to have a chance, not just at a college and a national title. Like, national title's one thing. Just don't insult them. Just don't give them this false idea. Don't give teams a false idea of you can compete, but no, you actually can't, and we rigged the system against you. Fuck you. Because that's what it is. The BCS straight up told them, there's no chance that you're getting in. You're not an automatic qualifier. But if you're good enough, and one of the automatic qualifying conference champions isn't good enough, we're going to put you in because, frankly, you've earned it. You've earned it. They didn't earn it. So you actually have to work at it. You have to do... Well, you have to hope for another thing to happen, but it's like, that's something. That's a better system. Now, in my opinion, the other thing I'd reform with the BCS is, yes, give one of those teams a, a shot at a bowl game every year. Now, that's mainly because there is no sixth automatic qualifying conference anymore because the Big East reformed into the American, and in my opinion, yes, the American isn't exactly the sixth power conference. Just because of its inconsistency with teams... Um, with the fact that there's really only two or three teams that are ever competitive in it. Yes, I know the ACC works that same way, and I'm not saying the ACC should be considered an AQ conference. I'm not saying that they should be. Hell, in my opinion, maybe even reform the idea of an AQ conference. Maybe even remove the idea of an AQ conference. Just have there be, okay, these conferences... It was like, whoever has the highest rated conference champions, period, gets these bowl games. 
and then both tie-ins can happen fine, I guess. But like, I don't know. You could have reformed the BCS, is what I have to say then. Because uh, I've now been going on for an hour. You could have reformed the BCS. You refused to. You replaced it with a system that's broken. You get these results from last night. And I thought I was going to talk about the results, but now I decided to go off on a whole tangent about why the BCS was better or why the college football playoff is an absolute train wreck. Sorry about that, but I hate the college football playoff. I hate the committee. I hate the selection process. It's not a legitimate process for determining a national champion. I will be only referring to AP ratings from now on. Until the college football playoff ends its shenanigans, ends what it is, a circle jerk for the Power Five, ends all of that bullshit, I refuse to recognize it. It is not legitimate as a determiner of a national champion. Already? So what? They'll play the games. That's fine. Whoever the AP determines as their national champion is the national champion. The major selector of the national champion. UCF's national championship, by the way, that's as legitimate as Alabama's from that year. In my opinion. Because UCF was never given a fair shot. And the CFP laughed at them. They put them in that bowl game against Auburn, and then Auburn laughed at them by not playing most of their starters and stuff. And they won that game. But Auburn was laughing at them, and everyone was laughing at them. It's like, hey, you actually think you have a chance. So that's why I don't recognize it. You know what would make a lot of sense to me? You know what would be great? And unfortunately, it won't happen, but I'd love to see it. Someone would organize it. Um, I'd love to see one of the uh, college football playoff bowls. Or, no, whatever one is big and someone find a way to do this. Where Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina play against each other and determine who the real national champion is. It would be more legitimate. These are two teams that, if they win out, will be undefeated. They win out. They'll be two undefeated teams who played their season well. One of whom scheduled another team who wasn't being considered well. Basically one of those old... uh. Like ESPN used to do them bracket busters uh, where they'd get two mid-major schools and play them against each other to build their tournament resumes. Uh, something like that happened. And it ended up being one of the best games of the year. And it ended up showing Coastal Carolina's for real. What both of those teams played? Cincy and Coastal. That'd be a pretty great game. It's unfortunate that the money's going to tell them now because Cincinnati's going to get a ton of money for going to a college football playoff bowl. But, yeah, just get rid of it. Not every team can make it, so it's not a legitimate way of determining a champion. So that's going to do it for this one. I'm sorry that this was such a mess and a ramble. If I were, I'll probably, like, actually write up something at some point to actually get myself better, because this is just me. I just turned on the mic and started recording. So, yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter, talk more about this, you can find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S-P-O-R-T-S. You can find me on Instagram at bschluterla. I've been Ben Schluter. This has been a Wednesday special of Goal to Go. Until tomorrow, when I do the real Goal to Go, bye-bye.